What up, what up, what up? This is your boy, LL Cool Cal, representing Calvin's Conscious Climbers. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, Facebook. We are live every Thursday, Facebook Live, 9 p.m. We are also live every Friday at 6 p.m. The show is called Clap Back. You guys could call, call in, reach out, and you guys could debate me on the very topics that I bring to the table. So what's up? Make sure you guys like, share, and subscribe. Calvin's Conscious Climbers. Make sure that you holler at your boy. Stay conscious. Peace. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to do something that's only going to benefit black people. No. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in
Celebrity is a really mysterious thing that I don't think anyone fully understands. Why are we so interested in these people who are just people, but somehow have come to embody, you know, some greater uh, idea? It's not even that they're great. I mean, you don't worship them um, necessarily because they're more virtuous than we are or lofty or something. Um, if they're like gods, they're more like the Greek gods, you know, they're prone to embarrassing drunken incidents. They say outlandish things, but somehow people just can't seem to look away from uh, celebrities. And it's not something uh, new. Although it is new is the effort to commercialize that fact um, to an extent never seen before. Um, new, I mean, since the 1970s or so. Uh, the effort to build entire... Uh, platforms, magazines, on nothing but celebrity by itself is a development of the of the 20th and, and 21st century. We've gotten to a point, it's sort of unusual, where if you want to get attention to almost anything, you need to start with the celebrity. You know, if you're interested in the problems of Africa, you don't really get people interested. You have Madonna adopt an orphan, now we're talking. You know, it, it, it just has become the sine qua non for getting attention is having some kind of celebrity associated with it. When I was running for office, uh, for instance, you know, we'd have an important proposal about corruption or something. But when we brought out Mark Ruffalo <laughs> to endorse our candidacy, oh, now, now we're talking. Suddenly everybody was there. And it is strange that this has become the way we organize this incredible, important part of our lives, you know, new products, whatever it is, but it's kind of the way it is. Um, I've read a lot of the literature on why people are so interested in celebrities. I think they don't really understand. Um, the most compelling to me are, are the ideas that compare it to this sort of instinct that is also inherent in religion and that we're sort of looking for transcendence of the normal, that we sort of believe these people operate on a different plane. If you, you know, somehow end up running into Tom Cruise or, or Tom Hanks or, you know, uh, and you may not even care for them as actors. I mean, different, but somehow I think there's this effect. Or Tom Brady, I've now named three Toms. Uh, you'll be like, oh my goodness, there they are. And, and maybe your heart will start to beat. There's a biological reaction. It's really quite strange. Even if you hate the Patriots, you might still have a reaction. And, you know, why that happens, no one really quite understands. I think the people who compare it to uh, this religious impulse that there's these sort of gods walking on earth, not necessarily beneficent gods, but that they ex exist in a slightly different realm than we do. Um, there's some something to those theories because I just can't really understand it otherwise. What up, what up, what up? It is your boy. I apologize for the technical difficulties in the beginning of the show. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Anywho, thank you. If you're hearing my voice, then you know what it is. It is Thursday night, 9, 9 p.m. ish. ish. <laughs> it is your boy, L. Kuka. Like I said before, I represent Calvin Conscious Climbers, and we are here tonight to talk about 
Celebrity episode 46 is going down. We're talking about celebrities. As you can see, uh, I started out the show with the video of Anthony Hopkins getting his quote unquote um, medicine. But then the lady at the end of it, you know, she like pushed out like a quarter of it. So, and she was there for a mad long time. How are you there? Come on, y'all. Come on. You know, we know what it is, bro. We know you watch it. Yo, at this point, at this stage of the game, can we all agree that we're watching a movie? Can we at least agree to that? We might not agree on who's the good guys or who's the bad guys. But we all can agree that we are watching the movie. And that's the issue that I have with people that can admit to that. But then they will blame and say they believe in aliens and all this other stuff. So you will believe in aliens because someone told you about aliens, but you won't believe that there's actual corruption in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and I had to reason with you, right? Okay. Come on now. I'm doing you a favor at this point. Anywho, so we are talking about celebrity. You see at the beginning of the show, Anthony Hopkins, he got the fake COVID shot. Then we break down the next video about why people are fascinated with celebrities. You see, they use celebrities, they use celebrities, they use celebrities. We were, and we're going to give a breakdown, the definition of celebrities. It is a noun. <clears throat> definition of celebrity, the state of being celebrated, fame, the actress lived, the life of celebrity. Two, a famous or celebrated person. Many celebrities attended the award ceremony. Pardon self, guys, you know, uh, as you guys know, last week I told you guys, I'm going through radiation. Uh, radiation is hitting my shoulder and the side of my neck. So my voice and throat might, if you're giving me problems, guys, you know, just hanging in with me. So I'm still doing this. The only side effect I'm experiencing so far is just I'm just tired. You know, other than that, hey, I'm good. All right, let's keep on pushing. Um, so yeah, so many celebrities attended the award ceremony. So, Calvin, why are we talking about celebrities? Because when we're talking about celebrities, we always got to bring in the Bible. You know what I mean? This is why um, I love talking about the Bible. Because, uh, let me show you guys this real quick. I jumped ahead and realized. So, celebrity. I gave you guys the definition of celebrity. Um, you can see it there on your screen. For those that um, are on podcast, you can um, download the app and see it yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right. So <clears throat> remember last week when I gave you guys a story about Simon the Sorcerer and everything like that, right? There's a lot of stuff you can unpack from Simon the Sorcerer's story. There's a lot you can unpack from the story from Simon. <clears throat> there's a lot you can unpack from this. <clears throat> there's a lot you can unpack 
from Simon the Sorcerer's story. Um, so we're going to go ahead and quickly read this real quick. Let me make sure this is big so you guys can see. The bang. So look, it says, but there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that himself was someone great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, the man is the power of God that is called great. And they pay attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not fallen on any of them, but only had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw the Spirit was given through the laying on the people, on uh, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostle hands, he offered them money saying, give me this power also so that anyone on whom I may lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to them, Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this manner for your heart is not right before God. Repent therefore of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart.
testing, 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 testing. Man, listen, man. I'm extremely upset right now, bro. How is it that we could launch 40, you could launch a helicopter for 40 seconds in Mars and I can't get decent Wi-Fi service or internet service here on Earth? How is that possible? <clears throat> How is that possible we're able to launch a rocket to the moon and back in 1965, Richard Nixon on the rotary phone is able to take a phone call with Neil Armstrong in 65, but I still have subpar internet service. Somebody lying, B. Somebody either lying or they, or they suppressing technology. Which one is it? <laughs> or is it both? Anywho. So before we got cut off, we were talking about Simon the Saucer, right? So we look at the story of Simon the Saucer. It's a very fascinating story. You sit back and look at it, right? Here you have Simon the Saucer, who was extremely famous, extremely well-known. He was an entertainer. He was an entertainer. People knew him. He was famous because he entertained people. And it says that he bewildered the people by the use of his magic. But when people saw what Philip and them were doing, through God, and and he said also Simon came to believe as well. So Simon was seeing what was going on. So Simon was like, like I said last week, if you can't beat him, join him, because his um, because he felt you know, hey, this is how I'm gonna stay relevant, and this is how I'm gonna stay in the in the in the game and everything like that, and I was using. That in contrast to the word charlatan, remember how I said how, you know, um, you got people that try to buy God's power and things like that. And they want to be around the things of God and, and you know, want to claim God, this, that, and third, blah, 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 but still live how they want to live. You know, I know I'm guilty of that. We all are. So here on the next slide. You got your brother, Mr. Jakes. Let's check this out. Today, two of the leading preachers in this country are speaking out about why they have faith in the vaccine. I know there are a lot of questions, fears, even doubts about the vaccine. There's been inadequate information, mixed messaging for the medical community since the beginning of the pandemic. And I got to admit, it did not inspire a lot of faith in what was being said, from masks to indoor dining, social distancing. Some of these inadequacies may have few doubts about the vaccine. In an Oz exclusive, my good friend Bishop T.D. Jakes is opening up about why his faith led him to get his COVID-19 shot. The bishop just received his second dose and took us behind the scenes of the shot. Hey, Dr. Oz, we're here at the Methodist Medical Center. We're going to get our shots done, our second one. We've already done the first one, waited several weeks, and we're coming back to get our second one done. And here we go. Thank you for your support. Bishop T.D. Jakes and preacher and producer, Devon Franklin, join us now. All right, we'll need to watch 18 minutes of that. We already know what it is. He's going to sit up there and say, I took the vaccine because X, Y, and Z. So remember what I said, um, when the government wanted to push 
you know, uh, when Margaret Sanger and them wanted, you know, when they started the whole Planned Parenthood, when they started Planned Parenthood up, a lot of black people weren't, weren't utilizing their services because they were um, leery and weary of white people. And that's when, that wasn't, that wasn't until Margaret Sanger said, hey, let's grab the pastors, right? Offer them money, right? And this is what I truly believe about every single pastor. This is what I believe. Like this is this is what I believe about TD Jakes, about Cruff. Oh, that's not me farting. That's my fiance with the with the with the uh, with the um, what it is. I have my man. I have my. I turn my garage into a man cave. I have these reclined chairs. That my fiance is on. I just wanted to clarify that sound. I don't know anything else. We had fought and nothing like that. That was baby girl reclining the um, chairs. Anyway, so I don't believe every pastor. This is what I believe, right? This is what I believe when it comes to like TD Jakes, Benny Hen, Creflo Dollar, um, Eddie Long, Paula White, um, Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth Hagen Jr., uh, Fred Price. Juanita um, Bynum, um, what's that guy's name? Hezekiah Walker, uh, Dimer Clerkin, y- Yolanda Mc, uh, Yolanda Adams, um, G. Craig Lewis. Uh, I believe that all these people started out with God giving uh, intentions, you know, and but. <laughs> um, you know, again, that's even giving people the benefit of the doubt that they did start out with good intentions. So I'm just saying that they, because you know, I'm looking at what I'm looking at the fruit, and it looks like, whoa, like did you always wanted to do this, or did you just not check yourself? You know, I find that always interesting. You know, you got all this stuff going on. But yeah, like I said, they got they got the pastor, TD Jakes. He's on TV now. So, you know, his church is going to go get it. And a lot of people are going to follow behind him and go get it. You know, and it's sad, it's unfortunate, but it's going to happen. My energy level is kind of low, guys. Like I said, my radiation is kind of kicking my butt. Today, two of the leading preachers already. All right, so remember this story. Like I said, the Bible is relevant because you read this story, check this out, Acts 16, verse 16 through 28, 24, pardon yourself. Paul and Silas are in prison. As we're going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain or a lot of money by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this is what she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned to the Spirit. Turned to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her owners saw that her their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them 
and the magistrate tore up the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet to stocks. So here you have the slave girl that's falling behind Paul. And as I explained last week, this why did she do that? She was she was she was clout chasing. Because once again, it says that she brought her 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 master's many a much gain, a lot of fortune. And she was well known to fortune telling. So every time you see the lady, oh, that's the fortune telling lady. Oh, that's the fortune telling lady. That's the fortune telling lady. Then you got this new thing coming up. Christianity, you got people being healed, people being raised from the dead, just that dirty, seeing things that no one's being seen before, even regular, normal people are doing it, you know. And then so she's like, hey, I gotta capitalize on this. I gotta gain this new, this new um um <laughs> this new um what's the technical oh, I've been out of work for a long time. I need to gain this new market share. Yeah, you got to get <laughs> put a foothold in this market share, you know. So, you know, it's crazy. And you got your boy Al Sharpton. Rob, I know you are between tragic events today. We're so grateful to have you for a few moments. First, tell us how the family is doing. Well, uh, obviously, this is a very trying day. We are literally in the crowd headed to the uh, cemetery, uh, and uh, they wanted the world to know that they want to see real change. The George Floyd family is here with us, and the mother of Philando Castillo, the family of Oscar Grant, so many families that understand this pain. And we want to turn this pain into some real change, some real effort to reform policing. And it's not a partisan issue. It's an issue of what policing ought to be. I said in the eulogy, Nicole, that this is the first time we saw policemen get on the stand and testify against a fellow officer. So if policemen have began to break down the blue wall of silence, it's time for us to really use this moment to deal with federal legislation on policing like the generation before me dealt with uh, the uh, Jim Crow laws state by state, they made it federal law, the Civil Rights Act of 64, when I was just a little boy. We need to have federal law so we don't have to go state by state dealing with police conduct. None of these reforms will bring back George Floyd or Dante Wright. And I wonder um, where that strength to sort of champion for future change comes from from these families. I think that uh, nothing will bring their loved one back and nothing will fill a hole in their heart. But I think the only thing that could give them some strength is the hope that they can use the memory of their loved one to stop other George Floyds from happening and other uh, Dante Wrights from happening. And then they feel that they did not suffer and die in vain. And that is why I think that they've been committed. Most of those parents that have now worked with National Action Network and I, who I'm here in the capacity of president of, is, is most of those that 
turning back to us and are still with us seven years ago. Eric God lost his life. His mother's been on the bank God ever since. Trayvon Martin's mother. So many of the mothers. The mother of Philando Castillo's here today. All of these that are here have turned into activists, and I think they find their strength in saying, if I'm active, I can help another family not have to go through what I went through. Rev, this week you've been in Minneapolis with the family of George Floyd. Um, you're now at the funeral there for Dante Wright. So I, I know you're not sort of in your capacity um, either from SNBC or, or working the phones on legislation. But I wonder if this moment feels different on the legislative and policy front. I do. Uh, both senators from the uh, state of Minnesota was here. I talked uh, uh, throughout the week with various senators like Senator Booker. Hmm. Let me tell you something, man. Jesus. Daggone, um, Al Sharpton. Good Lord. I just you know, how is how is Al Sharpton taking an interview in between? Dave, uh, Mark Morial uh, was here, the president of the league. I called for the eulogy of the president, who has met with us when he was president-elect virtually to have a White House meeting with leaders of civil rights organizations that he committed to on that to talk about this legislation and the Attorney General. It's time in the middle of all of this. We're dealing with a police case in Columbus, Ohio, seeing what the facts are there. We're dealing with a shooting in North Carolina. We're dealing with uh, the killing here, Dante. While the jury was getting ready to go out on George Floyd, with all of this together, yeah, it creates a national crisis that needs yeah, Alan Sharpton just laid out his whole ambulance tour. He's like, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to this state and see if I can get me a check, stir up some shit. Then after I go from that state from stirring up some stuff, then I'm gonna go to this state and kick the hornet's nest. Then after I'm gonna fly back to North Carolina and kick the hornet's nest down here, raise a couple of dollars, get my march on, then head back to JFK. Not a bad gig, right? But but nothing lasts forever, ever, ever, ever. There was Rosie the Riveter, McGruff the Crime Dog, and the Crash Test Dummies, remember? There were so many more. The famous and familiar campaigns created by the National Ad Council. And today there's a new one called It's Up to You. The goal, convince Americans, get the COVID vaccine. It's a $50 million advertising effort. Build is one of the largest public education campaigns ever. Hundreds of companies and celebrities over and over taking part to take a shot at vaccine skepticism. According to a Gallup poll, about 3 in 10 Americans say they will not get the COVID vaccine. CNBC's Rahel Solomon on the campaign to change their minds. Going to get my COVID-19 vaccination. For 
From supermodels from Brinkley to after Samuel L. Jackson as the funny man Steve Martin. For some people having celebrities who are familiar faces um, speaking up and saying that they are taking the vaccine or that they can vouch for the safety of it will be convincing. A strategy that is not without precedent. Newspapers around the country printed this photo of the king receiving the polio vaccine vaccine at the Ed Sullivan Show in 1956. Some say this shook up public opinion. The percentage of teenagers that actually got the polio vaccination after this promotion went from 0.6% to almost 80% in six months. A more recent example of A-list influence what researchers at Harvard called the Angelina Jolie effect. In 2013, the starlet penned an op-ed in the New York Times after her preventative double mastectomy. Their public disclosure triggered a spike in genetic tests for breast cancer. To try to bring about change. Dr. Lisa Cooper runs the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Equity. She hopes to draft NFL players to promote COVID vaccine safety. But the person most likely to change minds isn't on the field. The overwhelming majority, though, of Americans say that they would take the advice of their own physician. Dr. Cooper acknowledges not everyone will want to roll up their sleeve like she did, but says it's worth a shot to try. For the news, I'm Raul Solomon. Shepard Smith here. Thanks for watching CNBC on YouTube. So, like I said, they use celebrities to push the vaccine. Like you don't need to have a whole marketing campaign to say, hey, get this shot, X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, this is what celebrities are used for. And that's it, man. Just keep it funky. You're gonna keep it short, guys. Uh, my energy level is low and I am struggling. I'm not going to lie, but we did it. I gave you guys something to chew on at least. Sorry, it's not a whole steak. It's an appetizer, but um, I'll try and hop back on tomorrow. <clears throat> like I said, man, um, um, this is about celebrity. Like I said, when, do, when does a pandemic need a marketing campaign? Right? The regular vaccines, you don't see them with no, no campaigns for that. They got a campaign for COVID. Look at all the money spent on the COVID campaign and people are going homeless because they can't work over a flu strain. Remember I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, vaccination shredding. The new joint is gonna be Ebola. These new D, D I'm telling you these these uh, vaccines that has monkey DNA in it. it. Has monkey DNA in it, and then when the teachers take the vaccine, they're at school shedding everywhere. The kids get sick. They bring that crap home. The adults get sick. That's something that mirrors COVID. Oh no, dark winter is here again. Bang. Now, Biden has a choice. Blow the whole thing up or try to work it out. Tell him, I think he's going to blow it up. Or try to at least. We'll see. And on that note, guys, remember, 
Keep your boy in prayer. I will always keep you guys in prayer. All that good stuff. And remember, your vice president said this. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to do something that's only going to benefit black.